Welcome to Street Startups, the innovative podcast for those who are looking to use their skills and talents to start successful businesses. Join us for each episode as we introduce you to successful community-based entrepreneurs and discuss the strategies necessary to launch your startup. Join startup strategists Tracy Syfax and CJ Meenan to learn more about what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur in your community. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Street Startups. I'm here, as always, with my partner, Tracy Syfax. How are you, partner? I am doing great, partner. Once again, it is another week. I am super excited. And it's been a great week, too, CG. We have had an amazing week, kicked off our cohort at two different prisons. So it's been an amazing week. It's Sunday. We're here with a special guest, so I am super excited about tonight. Yep, the entrepreneurial yep. story. I love it. I love it. Well, tonight's big, Tracy, in more ways than one. And I want to welcome to the show. I want to welcome Libre Jones, who's a vintage furniture artisan. She is yes. founder, president, and just doing everything kind of person over at Beloved Upcycle. Libre, welcome. So happy to have you here tonight. Thank you. So glad to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. And I have had a very productive week as well. That's awesome. And so it's definitely going around. Tracy, kick us off tonight. You get the first question. Uh, this is great, CJ. Well, like I said, you know, I love our entrepreneurial story. So Libra, let's just kick it off. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you got started in business. Okay. So uh, this is First off, just full disclosure, it's not my first foray at attempting a business. Um, I did do the, I have a good skill set. I kind of know how to talk to people. Let me just try. Um, but there's kind of a lot more to starting a business than just that. Um, I never did the projections that I learned how to do in uh, the startup scale-up program. I, I would get to the math part or somebody start talking to me about a loan and I'm like, I don't need to be in debt at all. And I would, I would just stop. Um, if I didn't get immediate clients or I wasn't making enough money in my view, um, I, I would just hang it up. Um, but this time between taking the courses, having the camaraderie of the other students and kind of talking and bouncing things off each other, um, it definitely made a difference in my thought process and also to have the entrepreneurs come and speak to us every week to hear, you know what, there are going to be challenges. It's not, it, you can't just be smart. You can't just have a good idea. You can't just know how to talk to people. It, it absolutely takes a village. I'm one of those people who naturally shares information. I don't gatekeep. If I'm moving, somebody else comes with me kind of situation. And that was the whole vibe um, of the class, which was really nice. It was a very good group, I feel like. Um, so I'm very happy to be part of that first cohort. Um, I definitely want to still be involved and, and speak with other people because it did change the way I thought about what I love to do, which is just naturally, I go to vintage stores. I, I was in fashion for 10 years, luxury fashion, worked at Versace, D&G, and learned a lot about mar merchandising and how people's thought process works around what they feel is elite or mm -hmm. upper echelon. 
um, mm -hmm. which I know what I like. I like high quality things, but I also feel like sometimes I was born in the wrong decade because I love the look of the 40s and I love that older furniture and the craftsmanship, but I don't want my house to look like my grandmother's house. I, I want to show my personality and I know that other people do as well. For me, we moved from an apartment to a home. We got our home a few years ago and there was a lot more furniture that we needed. I didn't have the money to furnish every single room in this house. And I said, you know what? You're going to play on those roots that you have at fashion, your eye for style, your personal style. And it's a little, it's a bit of a combo because my husband has a different sense of style. So we work things out together. Um, but I was like, no, I'm going to just do what I do. I'm going to go find some furniture. I'm going to make sure it's in good shape. Even if it isn't, I can repair it. I sand. I do all the painting myself. Mm. I have a set price for what I will pay for a vintage piece. This piece behind me is a mm. hutch. I got it for $50. Mm. If I wanted to sell it with what I've done with the wallpaper and the knobs um, and the paint and, and all of that, easily $800. Mm. And once I started looking around and I'm on Pinterest and I'm on Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a business. And right. I, I have a unique eye. I know what I think of my style, but mm -hmm. I learned, I took uh, 40 hours of instruction from a master reupholster in, in, a town, in Maplewood. Um, and I showed him my color story for my chair, this mm -hmm. Rita Kahlo chair, my idea. And the first thing he said, he was like, you've never done this before? And I said, no, I, I, you know, I've never done it before, but I'm pretty good with my hands. And so he was like, you have an eye. That's a unique look. Mm -hmm. going to do with it. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep these chairs in my house. He was like, I, I want you to look into selling. Mm, and once I got a load of what was out there, I had been looking. Mm. But when I really drilled down on mm. the style that I like, what people were willing to pay and even somewhere in the middle because kind of being new i'm not at top dollar yet i'm learning but there's things i'm, I'm gonna be honest that come very quickly to me but the look mm -hmm. that i have um not the look the view that i have for what i think is stylish and high level mm -hmm. and one of a kind and that's really what i want to offer i don't make the same piece twice Mm, if you're getting great. a custom chair or a custom piece from me, it's either something that I designed or working with a client is what you designed, and I never repeat it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The same way I like the, the same way I like my clothes, my shoes. I don't want to see it anywhere else. Right, even right. if I do, it's not going to be the way I do it. Mm -hmm. No, that's just great. This is great. Absolutely. You know, Libra. I, I one of the things I admire about it, what you said is that you've tried a couple of different things, but. You know, far too often, sometimes we have that creative idea and you have yes. an amazing creative talent and you made the conscious decision to actually learn everything that you need to yes. learn in between. Because far too often we are creative, we get some money, we open up a store, but we always recognize that now, and as you know, there's things we have to do in between that to make that yes. store successful. So that's one of the things I admire about you because you talk about that. How you now are you learning the numbers? You're learning to make sure yeah. that the data and the research, everything that you know to operate your business successfully mm -hmm. is in place. So I admire you for that and Thank doing you. a great job. CJ? Wow, Libre, you covered so much there, right? I love you go back to your roots as solving a problem, right? As an entrepreneur, that's what we do. You talked about moving into a new home and, and having this challenge of, of furnishing it, right? 
and and being able to be creative and solve that problem in a in a powerful way. Can you show us that chair again? I know I know this won't yeah. transfer over on the actual podcast, but that chair is phenomenal. Can we yeah. see? Wow. So this is the chair. It was uh, gray with a zebra fabric. I got the chair free and they were damaged. And at the time I had no idea how to fix it. So what I did was I took the chair to a reupholster not far from me. And he told me like kind of flipping, uh, uh, I'll do the chairs for you, $700, write it down on the card. So I remember the price I gave you. And when you bring the chairs back, that'll be your price. Mm. And for me, my spidey senses went up and I said, well, that's clearly not his normal price because mm. he's telling me to write it down. It was so quick for him to, uh, $700, I'll do it for you. For $700, I can buy brand new chairs, number one. I got those chairs for free. So in my head, in that moment, I said, wait on it. That's not going to happen. I will figure out a way to do this myself. Yes. So I started to get the mailers from the class um, in Maplewood. And I said, well, I'm going to try it. I'll try to teach myself. I got the books. I got the tools. I'm incessantly on YouTube and those TV shows that basically make you think you can do anything in five minutes. Um, but there was a lot that I learned. So when I actually got to the class, having looked at books like the Furniture Bible and, and the Reupholsterer's Guide, um, I got to the class and outside of a few technical things that I didn't know, it wasn't difficult. And I paid, it was about 10 classes because I did two courses, five and five. Um, and when I was there, I would wake up. My class started at nine, 7.30, I'm ready to go because I'm thinking about what I'm going to do in class, what I'm going to be able to accomplish. And for me, obsessing about the fabric and the trim and finding all the pieces, I love all of it. Hunting for the furniture, driving to South Jersey, going, you know, hither and yon to any estate sale, which sometimes are just glorified garage sales, but sometimes you can find some pieces. Um, I also knew that for me, once I put it together and he saw it, the master upholsterer, and told me that I had an eye, I said, well, I, I can't quit. But it mm. just makes me so happy overall. I mean, my day job yeah. is something different, but for me, that's a serious, that's a code switch, that's pay your bills, that's your insurance. <laughs> it's not fun. I love it. I actually it's just did it. I actually just did a post on social media today, Leva, and I gave a shout out to all the go-getters and the hustlers out there that are working a full-time job yeah. and operating their business on the side. I mean, yeah. this is where it starts at, and this is how it starts. So it is kudos, great job. Take that shade out too. That's for you also. Thanks. CJ. Okay. Talk a little bit about that, Libre. You, that transition from the full-time job or the security of the job to the hobby and then stepping out there with the hobby as a business. What was that like? Um, I think that that thought process always also kind of hindered me because I have a family. I have a husband, I have a son, we have responsibilities. I think that my, not just myself, but probably many men and women who support a family and, you know, you have a partner, everybody has to do their part. You kind of sacrifice to some degree, 
sometimes your happiness, sometimes it's your time. At one time, my husband was working two jobs, right? And and I had one job. So we didn't have the same amount of time together, but we had to be responsible in a very different way. So I've never thought about fully stepping away from corporate America as a real goal until I started to look at this differently. Until I started to, when I went over those numbers and I'm in that room with Paul and I'm going through that pitch. And at the end, he looks at the numbers and he was like, that's annual. And and I did conservative, like you told me, CJ, I didn't do like best efforts each time. Um, but it was over $15,000 a year. And Paul goes, what are you waiting for? And I was like, Paul, I didn't have the confidence before and I never did this with these numbers. So once I did that, first off, so proud I was able to get through the numbers part um, with some help. But to look at it and see who cannot do better with $15,000 in a year. I mean, come on. And then your thought process about what your day job is also shifts because they can't pull the rug from under you because you have you have a backup. This is the power of ownership. This is the power of ownership, running your own business, being a knowledgeable entrepreneur out there in the marketplace. I love it. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. But, but even even with that, um, Libra, you talk about how you are also looking at launching um, a whole online store online, yeah. but you also talk about a calculated move before you actually move into a brick and mortar. Let's talk yes. a little bit about how how do you actually visualize that and how do you see that working out? So my first thought when I came to the class, when I first learned about the class, immediately it was a yes, Saturday mornings, 9 to 12, I'm fully committed. Um, So I just knew, I said, this is the last piece that I need to make it a full picture. So um, I get there and my thought process originally was to, I'm a DIY, I I do YouTubes, you know, I love it. A lot of the reason that I took the class was because we had three hours uninterrupted time to just work on your project and with like-minded individuals. So we'd sit in that class. That class was full. They'd have a waiting list. And I'm like, guys, how about we find a place to rent and we can all work on our pieces? Yeah, there's nowhere to do it. There's nowhere to do it. We don't have any water going. I was like, all right, well, I'll make a place for us to go. So my thought was to have a studio, an open studio with workspaces the way a barber or a beautician would rent a chair. And you come to my space, you work on your pieces. I have the tripod, I have the lights, I have a nice backdrop for you. So you're working on your piece. You're also doing content creation, but you're paying for four hour, five hour, eight hour block. So Airbnb kind of workshop. Um, So that was my first idea. And in hearing what other people were thinking, you know, other directions that you could go, you get all these other ideas. And I go, wait a second, how about I don't start out needing other people to make money just just yet? Let me learn the lay of the land, really get into this business, make some partnerships, et cetera. So I said, I can fall back on that because that idea doesn't have to go away. But if I'm actively meeting people, networking, trying to get grants to join, you know, artists, expos and things like that i'm gonna network i'm gonna find people this idea will still come but i also still have my first love which would be focusing on creating not focusing on getting people in to do their creations 
Um, and then when I build it, they will come. That's awesome, Libre. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, just real fast, we're, we're winding down here, but give, give, um, give our, our viewers a sense of how they can find you and, and, and what can they bring you, right? Do I show up with my chair next week? How does this work? Right. So what I, I, I do custom pieces and I also just am setting up a portfolio so people can see kind of the range of what I can do. Right now I'm on Instagram at beloved underscore upcycle. I'm working on a website. I'm working on the Etsy shop. I'm building all those things so that by the time there is the true launch, which I'm anticipating January sometime, everything will be all lined up. But right now, follow me, watch me work. Sometimes there's mistakes. Sometimes there's great ideas. Sometimes it's funny, but you're going to learn. You're going to see the process. You're going to see what I do. You'll see the fabrics. I take people on the whole journey, kind of bringing them in because th that's what I like to see. I want to see every part of it. So that's what I try to show. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it, this has been wonderful. Tracy, take us out as always. You get the final one. Wow. wow. What, what else can I add to this, CJ? You have here an artist that's learning the business side of what she does in order to create a market, a market space for herself. So this is just, this is, this is the way it's done. Cause you normally, and sometimes you have folks who are creative, but not seek out what it takes to properly mm -hmm. operate in a business world. So right. my hat goes off to you once again for bringing this to the forefront of how artists take their talents and get into the business market. Great job. Thank you. Brilliant. All right, folks, you heard it right here tonight. Libre's telling us, run those numbers, keep hustling, working hard, and when you're ready to go, fight through that and launch it, okay? Yeah. Thank you, Libre. Folks, we'll see you next time on Street Startups. Peace. Bye. Peace. We're taking it to the streets. From New York to California, be sure to tune in for the next episode of Street Startups Podcast and visit us at streetstartups.live.